Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to a holiday edition of The Standard is the Standard. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And before I go any further, I have to say, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. I, I honestly mean that. I'm not just saying it. Or Happy Holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas. Um, I hope it was good. I hope you had a time to relax. But if you were like me and you were around your family, the Pittsburgh Steelers were talked about. We'll just put it that way. Uh, their chances of getting in, their chances of the Browns being the Ravens. Well, we're going to talk about all of that, but it's not Lance Williams tonight. It's Dave Schofield stepping in as always. I appreciate it. He is a contributor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Dave, how are you this evening? I'm trying to recover. Absolutely. If you're, he has kids, I know I have kids. Sometimes you just have to sit back and think, what in the heck just happened? It's like a tornado came through my living room. So, uh, yeah, I think Dave knows what that's all about. But, uh, so Dave, I, you know, I, I did the post game show with Lance and Lance has some family engagements tonight. That's why he's unable to join us. But, um, I want to get your thoughts on the game that was in week 16, because man was man, talk about a gut punch. Um, that's a game where it kind of has, if you think about it, it's kind of been status quo for the Steelers all season long. It's been, they're in it. They have the lead and either the defense fails to hold that lead or they fumble or enter, throw the ball away. They turn the, they turn over the game. Essentially. What was your, what were your takeaways from that game? And what do you think about moving forward with this team getting into week 17? Well, that was the best opponent they had played all season, and they had to go into their house and play them, and they were right there and could have won the game and very well should have won the game. So it's kind of hard to to 
not at least you don't like to take moral victories, especially when it's a game that you have to win in order to continue to, to control your own destiny. But it's not like the Steelers went out and lost to a two and 12 team or anything like that this week. It was, they were right there. Um, I mean, for, for that moment on fourth and two, I thought they did it. And then three seconds later, in comes the flag. Um, I, it was almost like that, that realization of this could actually happen. They could win this game and still be in control. And then that was ripped from our hearts right then. <laughs> um, and, but I still had the confidence that, that, that they could do something the whole time until, you know, much, much like with the Patriots game, when you felt like that game wasn't over until the Steelers were on in victory formation, it was almost like this one, you still didn't feel like they were out of it until the Saints were in victory formation. What do you think, uh, in your opinion, was the turning point in the game? There were so many different parts and there's just some different areas where you could point to. It could be a, a penalty that kind of swung the turn the tide, uh, so to speak. It could have been turnovers, uh, the fourth and five fake punt. Um, I felt personally that that was a huge swing of momentum. And I know that Mike Tomlin, he has his justification for the call. And I spoke about this in the post game. I disagreed with it. Um, but at the same time, his justification kind of tends to leave it open-ended to where you understand where he's coming from. But I want to ask you, where did you think, if there was, I guess you could say there wasn't, but if there was a turning point, where was it? I would say there was more than just one because they were toying with our emotions. <laughs> um, because, I mean, the Ridley fumble, because the Steelers were, they were basically right on the cusp of being able to go up the full seven points or more if they could punch it in the end zone. Cause I kept saying to myself, if they go up by more than one score, this is, this is unreal. This is going to happen. And they were there ready to go up the full seven points or more Then they had the fumble. Then they got the stop and then they, they did the fake punt and the fake punt. I don't want to knock it too much because if they get one more yard, then they're a genius. Yeah. Everyone's going to talk about how gutsy it was and how it was such a great call. And Oh my goodness. They, they laid it all on the line for their season, but they were one yard short. And I mean, if it, if it wasn't for Tyler Matikavich getting blown up and Anthony Chicolo basically whiffing on a block, I mean, Rosie Nix got four out of the five yards on his own for the most part. So it was, it, it it was, it was, it summed up the, the, the Steelers season so much because I know you've picked the Steelers to win every week. I (laughs) feel like the Steelers can win every week because you see the potential of what they can do. They just come up a little bit short, just like they did on the fake punts. Yeah, the, the thing with this team that you never and I maybe I should start accounting for it at least this season is you don't expect the against Denver 
the interception at the goal line. You know, you don't expect it, the same thing to happen. You go back to week 15 last year against the Patriots. Uh, you have uh, the Los Angeles Chargers coming to town and the Steelers give up a kick return or a punt return for a touchdown. They just have find unique ways to shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And uh, in this case, it was a questionable coaching decision, some really bad calls in my opinion, and then also some really, really bad turnovers. You mentioned Ridley, Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, I got absolutely vilified in the comment section of my winners and losers column when I put Juju Smith-Schuster in the losers column. And the reason I did it, and I even wrote this, I don't think everyone reads my captions, so to speak, per they just look at the players. And I hated putting him in there because he had such a great day. His stats speak for themselves, but he had the game clinching fumble i i don't know what else to say yeah there's other plays that happen but and lance and i always talk about how the legendary coach joe gibbs always said four or five plays what or what define a football game could be a turnover could be a phenomenal play for a touchdown it could be anything and he made one of those plays and it wasn't for the good of the of the group and so i put him in the losers column i didn't want to do it i love juju i thought he had a great game but man when you fumble the ball in that situation because I felt I felt the team had a chance to just score a touchdown, similar to the way they did against Cincinnati. They were moving the ball well. Let me ask you this question, Dave. Did you think that a touchdown was was realistic, or did you think they would have just been hoping for a Chris Boswell, and I say hoping on purpose, hoping for a Chris Boswell field goal there to send it to overtime? <sighs> What's interesting is what I was thinking when all this was going on. Um, first off, when LJ Fort blocked that uh, field goal, I thought to myself, well, there was Jeff's chance for his final score prediction to be perfect. I know, I know. <laughs> um, and then from, from when we were doing our, our preview show last week. Yes. But you, if you recall, what my prediction was, was that the Steelers were going to be down three late and they were going to have the ball in field goal range to where they could kick it and they were going to find a way to get in the end zone. And I thought that's what we had going on. I, yeah. I, I said, it's going to happen. I was going to be off by one point on each score and it was going to be, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to show my absolute brilliance right here. And then <laughs> I guess, so it's my fault. I, I got a little bit ahead of myself and a little bit cocky about that one. And uh, Steelers nation can blame that on me. Well. You're not like Lance, where if he picks a, the Steelers to win, they think it's all oh, hell's going to break loose. But um, I'll say this. Yeah, I, I believe they were lined up that field. I think, holy crap, they kicked this field goal. And if the Steelers just put together a drive and force them to use their timeouts, I, I, my score prediction of 28-27 could have been spot on. And we all know how that played out nonetheless. So, um, so yeah, so now it's this is tough. This is one of the most difficult shows I've ever had to host because – it's it's so difficult to talk about the Steelers when so much else is going on and when other stuff is needed. So everyone knows this, but in case you didn't, the only way the Steelers make the playoffs at this point is if the Cleveland Browns go into M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland and beat the Ravens and the Steelers have to beat the Bengals. If the Steelers win, the Ravens win, the only other chance they could get in is if the Sunday night game, which are the Colts and the Titans, if they end in a tie, that's the only other way. Folks, that's not going to happen because these two coaches, Mike Vrabel and um, Frank Reich, uh, are not going to play to a tie because they know it would help 
no one. If they have a chance to win it, they're going to try to win it. So I don't think anyone can bank on that. So it's going to come down to the Steelers winning and the Ravens losing at home. And it's just so unique because normally, you know, Lance and I are talking about the upcoming opponent. We're doing our true and false. But there's so much more to talk about. And a lot of it doesn't even surround itself with the Steelers. Before we get to that, and we're going to talk about the upcoming game with the Ravens and the Browns and the Steelers and the Bengals, I do want to do a quick true and false segment. But I should stop there and say you're a stat guy. You love your stats. You're a stat geek. That's what I like about you. You bring a really good analytical view to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You have some stats for us tonight, correct? Oh, I have I have all kinds of stuff if you want it. Yes, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, well, what do you want? Go for let's it. I don't see. care. Well, well, we could talk about um we could talk about what's going on with the Steelers. Um a lot of people are saying, "Wow, is this team this much worse than last year?" The major difference from this year and last year is last year in one-score games, the Steelers were eight and two. This year, the Steelers are five, five, and one. Wow. Uh, the last time that the Steelers well, only, well hold on, only hold, on. Went, wait, 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 wait. hold on, before you go any further, you said last year they were eight and two. This year, five, five, and one. Yes. So that means in both both years, though, they've been in a lot of really close games. 10. 10 or, I mean, this year has been 11 already, but 10 last year and 11 this year. That's remarkable. Okay, yeah. that's what I want to say. Go ahead. But, but it just last year, you saw that they pulled those out in almost all of those games. But this year, they haven't. And the last time that the Steelers um, did were 500 in one-score games was 2015 when they did not win the AFC North. They yeah. were only four and four that year. Um, but since then, they they have a pretty good record of winning those one-score games. And like you said, it comes down to three or four plays. You know what? It really comes down to one play a game. It really does. A lot of times it's one play. And most of the time when you're during, when, it's, when the game's going on, it's the next play. Because yeah. that play changes the next play, changes the next play, changes the next play. And one little thing, you can go back People want to talk about the Joe Hayden pass interference penalty um, on the opening drive. You change that play, you don't. Nothing happens the same way after that point. Yeah. So it's just there's every every play is important. Every I mean, it all comes down to those three three or four key plays. But it's it's if one play was different, then everything changes from that point on. No, that's a really good point, and. There were so many of those plays. And some some games you can think of only a few. You know, a few of those plays that could have turned the tide. But in last last week's game, there were a ton. You could even talk about Mark Ingram's potential fumble. You could talk about the fumbles the Steelers did have. Uh, you could talk even about Taysom Hill throwing deep. Like I'm not sure if that's what Sean Payton drew up, but that ended up being an interception, turning into points for Pittsburgh. Um, so, uh, go ahead. What are the stats you have for us? Okay. Let's see what else we have. Um, Steelers have never played a four twenty-five game in week 17 at Heinz field. This will uh, be a first. Okay. Um, the only non one o'clock game they've played there was against the Bengals. Um, what year was that? I was at the game. That was, the made, year that was 2014. Le'Veon Bell got hurt. Yes. That's when he got, he sucked the air out of the stadium when he was uh, on the, on the field. And it was almost like, yeah, we're going to win, but we're really going to lose. Yes. Um, so there's that one. Um, you know that there's only been one team this year to hold the Saints to less than 31 points um, at, in New Orleans. Do you know who that was? Um, I'm going to guess it was a division team. Was it a division team? 
Nope. No, go for it. I don't know who. Here we go. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> there they are. They held them to 21. They lost, but yeah. they held them to 21. For those that are listening in audio form, uh, Dave <laughs> held up his little, he got a little uh, a helmet, like a, a little Browns helmet and put it on his pencil. Um, uh, so he's pulling for him. We're all pulling for him. So he's got his little Bears memorabilia out. Or Browns, not Bears. Browns yes. memorabilia. So go ahead. Do you have anything else? Okay. Um, the Ravens are one in five over the last uh, six seasons um, in week 17 games. Uh, but their one win was against the Browns, and their five losses were against the Bengals. Well, let's be honest, though. This is a different Browns team. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is a different. I mean, you say, yeah, their one win was against the Browns, but this Browns team did not have the uh, the plethora of youth and talent across their lineup. So um, that's a good stat, though. I like that stat. How many of those games were at home? Do you know? Uh, not off the top of my head. I haven't written down some. I haven't written down somewhere. But I have next level stuff, man. You know, I'm going to ask that next level question. Uh, How many? (laughs) I'm going to say about half of them. (laughs) Yeah, the very safe answer there. All right, give us one more. Find a good Uh, one. Just one. I got. Well, I got two. We'll go. go uh, Okay, you have two more to go with. Okay. Well, well, if the if the Ravens do not beat the Browns this week, it will be the first time ever that no teams in the AFC North reached double-digit wins in the regular season. Um, not ever? Ever. It's in the history. Well, remember, the North's only been around since 2002. Right. But uh, you'd have to go all the way back to 2003 when there wasn't already a team with double-digit wins going into the last week of the season. Wow. So that just goes to show that uh, the fact that the Steelers only have, well, mathematically eight-and-a-half wins, that they still have a chance – for the division in the last week is not a common thing for this division. Right. Yeah. So, um, but if I want to do one, one more stat yeah. is talking about the Ravens in there because they're five and one did five and one since they're by when Lamar Jackson took over. Yep. Yeah. They're five and one um, in those, in those games, they played teams that were at best. Well, all of their wins were playing teams that were at best 18th in takeaways. Uh, the only team that they played that was higher than that was in their loss to Kansas City, who's 13th in takeaways. And the Ravens are play, playing teams that aren't very good at taking the ball away, but yet the Ravens have had at least one turnover in each one of those games. And the Cleveland Browns, they're good they're, at taking the ball away. They're second. Yeah. They're second in the league in, in, in takeaways. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a very important thing to look at um, on Sunday is – the Ravens haven't played a defense that can take advantage of your mistakes by just taking the ball away because they've Lamar Jackson has put the ball on the ground several times per game. Gosh, darn it, man. I don't even know. I don't know what to think about this game. Like, uh, I I don't know what to think about this whole situation. Uh, if you, if anyone's watching live on YouTube, clearly I've got a different backdrop and that's because (laughs) I am not, uh, where I normally am to do my show. I'm back in my hometown in West Virginia and I had a, we had a family function this evening and everyone's asking me, are they going to get in? Are they going to, I don't know. Like I'll clearly no one knows, but I don't have any gut feeling on this at all. I'm not going to ask you about your gut feeling yet, Dave. We're going to get to that in a second. Let's go to our true and false segment now. This is where I picked three. I only did three because there's a lot to talk about. It's three true or false. What I do is I say the statement, and you tell me whether it's true or whether it's false, and then we debate. So the first one is 
And I'll, let me preface this with a lot of people think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that the window, the Super Bowl window is closing. Okay, so true or false, the Steelers are a team on the rise heading into 2019. Regardless of where they finish this season, whether it ends this Sunday or whether it goes into the playoffs, the Steelers are a team on the rise heading into 2019. True or false? Um, I'm going to do this in the old school fashion of you have to explain your answer. Okay. I'm going to say false. I don't think that they're necessarily a team on the rise for the future, but I think they are more than I felt in the past because a lot of it comes down to at the end of every year, it's like, well, how many more years does Ben have left? How many more years does Ben have left? So I don't just look, I'm not looking at it just as next year. I'm looking at it as can this team be on the rise without Ben Roethlisberger? And I'm going to say, no, it'll be a reset and then a rise from there. Um, there's only been one quarterback since, okay, back in 2004, I remember watching Ben Roethlisberger play a game for Miami of Ohio, and I said to myself, the Steelers, they've got to trade up and get this guy. This is the guy that they need to have. They didn't even have to trade up, but they got him. I haven't felt that way about a quarterback that I thought that I'd really like the Steelers to have until this past season when I was like, I really hope that the Steelers end up with Mason Rudolph. I think he's someone that could become a, a the, the quarterback of the future. So I, I think they have that quarterback on their team, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, a Ben Roethlisberger situation, come in and win a bunch of games right away. So if Ben is around for another year or two, I, 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 it's hard to they have to be on the rise compared to this season if they don't make the playoffs. Cause I, I would predict them to make the playoffs next year. But if you want to go back and look at it, at the, the few years before this, then it would be now because, you know, you, you to go from 13 and three, it's going to be hard to hit that 13 and three again in the next several years. I see your point. I do. And I understand your theory on the Roethlisberger effect. And I felt the same way about Rudolph. I think he can be a really solid quarterback. I think he brings some mobility to the position um, he needs to work on his accuracy. I hope that is being able to be worked on in Pittsburgh. I've, I've read a couple articles about him, and we'll talk about him a lot this offseason uh, because he is, to me, a very interesting subject to talk about because you don't really know when he'll be put in. How does he relate with Joshua Dobbs in regards to the future? Um, we'll, we'll talk about him a lot. There were a couple articles written, uh, one by Dale Lolly of DK Pittsburgh Sports, about how he said Mason Ruff said he's really bored because he hasn't sat and watched since I think his freshman year in high school. Um, he's just been, a, he's always been the guy. And so this has been tough for him. So hopefully he's getting those mental reps. He's working on his game on his own or with a coach as best as he can. And he's learning the offense, which is important. That's very important. So um, I am going to say, when the question, the statement of are the Steelers on the rise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say true. And the big thing I think about is, okay, youth, youth and age and experience. So <clears throat> you look at positions, okay, where are the positions that are really young uh, players like Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner that are really entering what should be the prime of their career? And then I look at, okay, where are the players that are veterans that might be entering the waning years of their career? Um, and so you think about thing, people like um, 
Well, Ramon Foster might be a free agent. You look at uh, the offensive line as a whole is not young, but at the same time, they are still, I think, in the prime of their career. So you have Alejandro Villanueva. You have all those guys that are still in the prime of their career. Marquise Pouncey's getting older. David DeCastro is still the best guard in the league, in my opinion. Um, we don't know about right tackle with Marcus Gilbert, but I think that offense is set. Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster is good. I think James Washington's only going to get better. We know they can draft offense. Now, you go to defense, it's a little different because defense, you have so many glaring holes, but the defensive front, prime players. Stefan Tuitt, Cameron Hayward, Javon Hargrave, linebackers. Bud Dupree still young if you want to keep him around. Uh, TJ Watt looks like a stud. Inside linebacker Vince Williams is still in his prime, although some people say that they don't want him in his prime. Uh, safety, Sean Davis, Terrell Edmonds. Cornerback is an issue because of Hayden. I just think that this nucleus is there. And what really makes me think that they're on the rise is that for once, this team has a lot of salary cap space heading into this offseason. Uh, the 14.5 is going to be there from Le'Veon Bell, his contract. And not only that, I think if they're smart, because Ben Roethlisberger is entering the final year of his deal, they give him a eh, two, three-year extension on his contract. His salary cap hit right now is $23 million to the cap. If they can give him an extension, rework his next year, um, I think they could save even more space, and they could possibly go out and get some get some cornerback help, find an inside linebacker if John Bosick's not who you think he was or thought he was. Um, they can really make some moves, in my opinion. So I'm going to say true that they are a team on the rise, and as long as Roethlisberger's on the field, I think that this is a Super Bowl open, Super Bowl windows open team. You agree or disagree with that? I I see a lot of what you're saying there. There's a lot that can be taken from that. I, I love the whole talk of the offensive line. I mean, even if you were to lose some of these guys, you could lose. A lot of people say when Ben's gone, Pouncey's gone. That's, I think they're kind of tied themselves together with that. Uh, we'll see if that's really the case. I mean, but even if you were to lose, let's say, Pouncey and Foster and Gilbert after this season, which I don't think you're going to, you've still got B.J. Finney, Matt Filer, who has always been more of a guard than a tackle. Um, you've got Chooks. You've got Gerald Hawkins. You've got all these other guys that they've been developing that have done some good stuff for them as well. So I really like that not only is the offensive line good now, it, it seems like it's got a lot of promise for the future. I just, I'd really like the big playmakers on defense. It seems like the Steelers can't get the takeaways. And I mean, TJ Watt seems like he's a good playmaker, but we're still not getting the takeaways. Cam Hayward is the best player on defense, not getting the takeaways. Javon Hargrave has become a beast up the middle. But there's just that one thing that's just constantly missing from the Steelers, and that is taking the ball away. Yeah, and I think some of that is... I've always felt that some of that's a little, little luck, you know? Um little, <laughs> For crying out loud, look and at the that's Saints what game. the Steelers haven't had this season. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, you look at the Saints game. I mean, for crying out loud, Mike Hilton, the ball gets tipped up the air, looks like it's going right into his arms. Drew Brees comes out of nowhere, bats it to the ground. I mean, and not every quarterback is going to be that smart, that heady to do that. Um, so we do agree to disagree on that one. But you know what? It's going to be, a, it's definitely something to think about.
Oh yeah, I mean it's I'm 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 not adamant one way or the other. I would just say I'm not thinking about it even like in terms of next year. I'm just thinking of it as in terms of of post Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I do think that they have a lot of other stuff around that 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 would be good. But we all know that the number one position that football comes down to is the quarterback. Absolutely. And, you know, we all know also know that number seven is the straw, which serves the drink. So um, when he goes, it's going to be a whole different discussion. We know that for a fact. So, okay, let's go to our next true or false statement. The statement is if the Steelers get into the playoffs, and that can be a gigantic if, depending on your personal stance on the, their current situation, this is a team that can win the Super Bowl. True or false? True. I mean, all they, all you need to do is get your ticket punched and you're in and the Steelers have shown that they can play with anybody. They've also shown that they can get beat by anybody. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the, to the, to the playoffs, all you need to do is be there. You need to just, you need to be there. You need to be in the game. And the only loss the Steelers have all season that was by more than one score was to the Ravens, who they then beat the next time they played them. So it's not like there was any game that they weren't in. They they were in the game with everybody they played. So Kansas City, I know, I know a lot of people forget about that one because because it was uh, week two and they got off to that awful start and was and was chasing points the whole game. They only lost that game by five points. Okay, but you've got Kansas City. They they played close. San Diego. They played close. New Orleans, they played close, um, and they they beat the Patriots. It's they, they can beat any of those teams that they would see in the playoffs. No, you're right. I, I agree. That's a true statement. This is a team, and I've said this. This was the the common theme from talking to my family. It was if they can get in, you could see this team rectifying a lot of wrongs by making a serious run. Uh, but the question remains, will they get in? But let's go to our last true or false statement. This is, if the Steelers do not make the playoffs, and heck, I might even say it doesn't matter if they make the playoffs. At season's end, we'll just put it that way, the Pittsburgh Steelers will fire at least two assistant coaches on the current staff. Now, let me preface this with, let's both agree, yes, that Mike Tomlin is safe regardless. You agree with that? Agree. Okay, so but then two assistants will be fired. True or false? Um, I want to change the question. You can't. It's not a question. Oh, no. it's a statement. Well, I'm going to change the statement. <laughs> Two assistant coaches will no longer be with the team next season. I will say definitely true. Um, I mean, think about it. Are you counting like John Mitchell retiring or something no, like that? No. Okay. Todd, Todd Haley was not fired. Dick LeBeau was okay. not fired. Right. They will move on from some people. Um, I don't like to use the term fired because then everyone's like, oh, look, they fired them. But that's not the what way to do you do work in the front office or something or the PR department. You know what I'm talking about. So who's I know going? exactly what you mean. Um, who's not? What's Castink? Carnell Lake wasn't fired. He 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 moved on to something else. Um, he chose to be to watch his son play football. That's what he said. That's what he said, but the question <laughs> was, I mean, whether that's what okay, really happened. Right, we'll change, okay, I guess. We'll but change yeah, it I, there, there will be multiple coaches that will not be on the staff next year. And I'm hoping, yes, I think it's true that there'll be, I mean, I would say more than two. I don't know exactly what those two will be. I know some people are not a big fan of Danny Smith. Um, 
I see parts – the way that he can dial up a possible punt block is is unreal to me. So there's some aspects where he's great and some aspects where he's very lacking. Um, some people would like to see him gone. I, I think most people would really like to see Keith Butler um, let go. And it's probably time, but I don't know that they'll do it. Yeah, that's, that's a tough part. You, you kind of sit there and think it's easy for fans to say, yeah, fire. Just get rid of it. This team, and I'll ask you the same question I asked Lance. So last year, I think in 2017, how the season ended, divisional round, Jacksonville comes into Heinz Field and just lays the wood on the Steelers. I mean, just shellacks them. And I said, think about how you viewed the defense at that time. And Lance admitted that it was awful. I said, so now let's fast forward to going into week 17 in 2018. Do you feel better or worse about the defense now compared to last year? Oh, worse. Really? Um, worse when it. I'm I'm really hung up on the takeaways. I have no confidence that the Steelers are going to get that get the ball back. Um, I I feel. I like them better up front. I um, they're just not the same team without Ryan Shazier. Well, so and that's, that's something why, they had to deal with last yeah, year. I mean, the season. But, I feel like this year's been end. better. I mean, if, you're ask, if you're asking about the whole season, I felt that they were better last year, but they weren't after this Shazier injury. So if you're looking post-Shazier injury um, of last season, comparing that to this season, I would say that they're better this year. But they definitely weren't pre-Shazier That's injury. a good point. That's a good point. And that's what I think people forget is that Keith Butler – Man, that that would be like I'm trying to think of the equivalent on offense. It would basically essentially be if Ben Roethlisberger were to suffer a career-ending injury, being pissed at wanting to and wanting to fire Randy Feetner because Joshua Dobbs and/or Mason Rudolph can't make all the throws. Um, that's kind of the equivalent. That might be a little excessive because Ben it's, Roethlisberger. It is, but it isn't. It's because. Shazier was just as important to that defense as Ben is to that offense. Yeah. You just don't see it the way that you do on offense. Right. No, I agree. And they've, so we, they've done a good job of trying to, re, to to replace him in situations between Bostic and Fort. Combined, they're they're getting close to what Shazier was. But the thing that Shazier did that was so great was he never had to leave the field. He could do either thing. Now they're guessing on which person they need to have out there, and they've been making some bonehead guesses. Yeah. I mean, the the third down completion to to Keenan Allen when the 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 in the San Diego game when they didn't when when the the Chargers had San Diego. I know I did it. I screwed it up. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. That's why I lost my train of thought. I'm like, oh, man, I said <laughs> the wrong city. Um, that they, they had never ran the ball in that situation all season. And yet Butler insisted on putting a defense out there to stop the run. The, the two rushing, two of the rushing touchdowns that the Saints had this past weekend it was on the, they were within inside the five yard line and they had either a, a, a 12 or a 21 personnel and the Steelers were in dime. I mean, when you look at it from that aspect is what's the most frustrating thing with Keith Butler as the defensive coordinator is that he hasn't, 
he hasn't made the right personnel decisions in certain situations. He hasn't put, I mean, you got to put your players in position to make the, the best play possible. Sometimes they don't make the play, but if you as a coach are constantly not, not getting the right personnel there to even let them have a chance, then that's on your coordinator. And, but, and that's what they missed with Ryan Shades here because he was perfect in all personnel packages. He could do it all and they don't have that person to do it. Yeah. And they don't grow on trees. I think people should realize that everyone's like, Oh, this guy in the draft, he, he's an XJZ, but no, not, no, no, he's not. (laughs) There's not, you don't find linebackers that play on the inside that can run faster than probably 90% of receivers in the national football league. Um, I want to say he was the fastest member of the Steelers, maybe second only to Darius Hayward Bay, who can still run by the way. Um, so yeah, good point there about Shazier. I think the Butler's done an okay job with what he has to work with, but I'm going to say true that if the Steelers, especially if they don't make the playoffs, I think Butler's gone. And I think Smith is gone. If Smith stays, wouldn't be shocked. If Butler stays, wouldn't be shocked. Could we see other coaches gone? Absolutely. Joey Porter could be on the, on the block block. Um, Jerry Olsavsky could be on the block. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. But I think, like you said, changes are coming. Last year, Todd Haley was asked not to come back. Um, he went to he went to Tequila Cowboy instead, I guess. <laughs> but um, there you go. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Let's hopefully it doesn't stop the play out this weekend uh, because now we get into this talk about, man, the upcoming game. So before I ask you about percentages here, what does your gut tell you about this weekend? What does my gut tell me? Yeah. Well, my gut's significantly bigger than yours, so it should be telling me. Um, hopefully, it'll be more a little bit more truthful. My gut's telling me that I'm I'm not worried about the Steelers winning their game, but I'm I'm basically I'm not holding out hope for the playoffs. I think that they have burned their bridges. They have not lived up to their chances. They have not taken care of business, and I'm. I'm going into this weekend thinking already decided that I'm watching the last Steelers game of the season until I have to wait that horrendous time until next September to watch them again. Preparing for the worst, hoping for the best, right? I will hope for the best at about 7.30 on Sunday. Okay. There's going to be some hardcore scoreboard watching going on. And if I didn't have to write the game recap for the Steelers game, I might end up watching more of the Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens game, because I, I like you feel very safe in that the, the Steelers will beat the Bengals. Uh, Adam Schefter, right before we went on the air reported that I mean, Vontez perfect has did not practice today uh, with a concussion. It was, I think his seventh concussion since coming into the NFL um, they're talking about career threatening stuff now with him. Um, but at the same time, him not being there makes me feel a heck of a lot better because as I told my family tonight, he's the only player I've ever feared as a fan. Not that the players are scared of him. I fear for the Steelers when he's on the field. I feel like he's out there trying to hurt someone. He's out there and I, I could see, I hate saying this about somebody, but I could see him going out there saying, you know what? The Steelers think they're going to make the playoffs. Well, if they do, they're going to be without Antonio Brown because I'm taking him out. And I feel that's the way he plays. And I hate to say that, but that's the truth. If he doesn't play this Sunday, I feel even better about the Steelers' chances. 
I could not have said that any better. That is exactly how I feel. I did not. I mean, you talked about it weeks ago. I wanted to see Mason Rudolph actually wearing a helmet on the sidelines this week because this game wasn't supposed to matter. The Steelers had their chances to to put it away a long time ago, and they didn't. The, this was supposed to be the game where they arrested their players, and they don't let a player like Vontez Perfect be able to mess up a playoff run. But instead, they have to play everyone, and even if they win, it still doesn't mean that they're going to be moving on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The Steelers injury report today, um, Sean Davis did not practice. He has a quad injury. Vince Williams did not practice. And a whole bunch of other guys did not practice for coaches' reasons. I think Pouncey, Hayden, and Roethlisberger might have been that list. Uh, but news is that James Conner was a full participant today. That is good news. And he will have to see how he responds to that practice. That's uh, the key. Tomorrow's yes. designation is right. what is going to be important. Because the last time he practiced was where he was limited on a Friday and then was questionable. And on Saturday, they downgraded him to doubtful, which tells yeah. you that he did not respond well to the to what they had him doing. So tomorrow's the key. Point, yeah. We got to wait and see how he responds. Uh, and so we'll see what that is. Uh, if you had to put a percentage on the Steelers' chances of things falling into place and them making the postseason, what percentage would you give? Oh, my goodness. You're asking me to do some calculations here. Okay. Well, no calculations just in your head. Like I, for me, I'll tell you my answer while you're doing your little numbers. Um, I think it's a 50-50 shot. I, I literally think that they have a 50-50 shot because – we both say that we think the Steelers are going to win, and we'll talk about our score prediction here in a second. Um, I think the Browns have a very legitimate chance to go into Baltimore and win. Um, they're a team with an edge. They're a team with, team with a chip on their shoulder. They're a team, unlike so many other teams, that they're out there to prove something heading into next season. And I can't stress how important that is. They're a young team. Greg Williams, if there's one coach I would want – coaching my team in a game like this where I need them to be the other team, I'd probably want Greg Williams as my coach because he's cutthroat. We know this from, <laughs> from past experience. So I say 50, 50, what do you say? I say 37.5%. 37. Of course you say 37. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I no. but you're right. You're right. Um, I'm the Steelers are not a hundred percent guaranteed to win this game. I'm going to give them 75%, which I think is fair. Yeah. And I'm going to give that the Ravens and the Browns are a 50, 50. So if 75% of 50% is 37.5%. Okay. So when you put the two together, that's what it's going to be. I'm, I am not the only thing that will disappoint me going into the weekend is if the Ravens were to lose to the Browns and the Steelers were to lose to the Bengals, yeah. you know, as, as long as you can't do that, you can't have squandered that opportunity. The Steelers have to win this game. They have to win this game and let everything else fall into place. Do I think that the Browns can beat the Ravens? Yes. Do I think that they will? No, not that I'm not that they definitely won't, but I'm not confident that they will. I think it's, I, you're spot on. It's a 50, 50, so I don't like going into the last week on a 50-50, and that's even us giving a little bit more. I mean, right now the Ravens are getting seven points at home. So, But I also think that the Browns are a better 
defense and a and a better ma worse matchup defensive wise for the Ravens of any team that they've played since Lamar Jackson's taken over. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you let's talk about this this Ravens game <laughs> a little bit. Um. What is it about the Ravens that you think will be tough for the Browns to to handle? Is it just the Lamar Jackson offense? Is it the uh, is it the defense going against the Baker Mayfield led Browns offense? Um, I feel like at some point someone's going to figure out the Lamar Jackson shtick. I, I, yeah, I wanted to say something else, but I didn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like someone's going to figure it out. And they're just going to shut it down. Um, what what do you, what do you think about that? I, what makes you think the Ravens are such a lock? I'm going to give you the worst answer that that you could possibly give because it's the Browns, and uh, it, the yeah. Browns are always going to find a way to brown it up. It's just what they do. They haven't with they have it with Baker Mayfield. It feels different with him, but. The, at the moment that you think that the Browns are going to stop being the Browns is when the Browns are going to show you how much they're the Browns. Yeah. And I, to me in this game, I think that if there's a way that the Browns lose it, it's going to be the Ravens defense doing it against the Browns offense. Absolutely. I think that this Browns defense with Greg Williams calling the shots, they are going to put every single person they have in the box and say, if Lamar Jackson is going to beat us, He's going to do it with his right arm and not with his two feet. And so with that being said, it's going to be up to Baker Mayfield and that offensive line, which is not the best. And he's going to have to make plays. It, this might look like a college. It might look like you're watching Oklahoma where he's kind of just running around making plays. But you know what? Those are the quarterbacks that often frustrate the Bravens. Uh, he's mobile enough. I wouldn't say he's a running quarterback, but he's mobile enough. But he's also made some mistakes and he's a rookie and that's going to happen. And the Ravens defense is very good, very stout. They've gotten better as the season has progressed. And so I think that if this, if the Browns can play a clean game, not turn the ball over, make enough plays. I think this Brown defense is going to give Lamar Jackson everything that he's had. And then some compared to other teams that he's played so far in the NFL. You agree with that? Oh, I agree. I, I can't get over the Ravens beating the chargers. Once the Chargers took the lead, because the Ravens are not an offense that is built to play from behind, they're basically Jacksonville of last year. Mm -hmm. um, they they can't they can't play from behind. They have to run. They have to run, and they have to run, and then they're going to run. And then if they have to put the ball in the air, the they will. But don't expect good things to happen. And and that's what was crazy against San Diego. San Diego takes the lead, and the Ravens come out and have that. What was how long was that touchdown to the tight end? I mean, yeah. that was just a crazy, fluky, almost half busted play that which gave the Ravens the lead again. And I'm like, if it wasn't for that, I don't see any way that the Ravens would have been able to come back and win the game any other way. But I mean, if if it's a close game. I think Baltimore has the advantage, but I don't see Baltimore running away with it. I think if either team has a chance to run away with it, it would be the Browns making great plays. I mean, they got great receivers. Um, I mean, and Chubb is a solid running back. So go, yeah. they got, I mean, you want to talk about a team on the rise. Yeah. 
there, there you go. That, I mean, there, that's the, that's the future of the AFC North right there. Um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for, I mean, I'm so happy that it's not at what it's been almost every season for the last few years of Steelers play the Browns, Ravens play the Bengals, even though this, the Ravens keep constantly losing to the Bengals the last week of the season, not this Bengals team and not this Browns team. It, they're, they're, they're switched. You're right. And so it's going to be interesting. So what's your prediction for the, uh, for the Ravens and uh, Browns this Sunday? I predict that I will not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! How do I how do I predict it? I mean, I'm going to predict that the Ravens win, um, okay. just because they're the Browns. I, I don't. I can't go with just what I want. I mean, obviously, I want the Browns to win, but the reason that every time. You never pick the Browns in your survivor pool. You never pick the Browns if you're if you're betting in Vegas. You you don't do that. So I'm not. I, I just I can't pick the Browns because if I pick the Browns, they're going to disappoint me. So I'm. I think the Ravens are going to win. Okay, no score. Um, they're going to win thirteen to ten. Ugh, ugh. That's ugly. Okay. It's, it's super ugly. But All right. I mean, I think if it's a high scoring game, it's going to be the Browns a win. I could see this thing going either way. Um, like I said, hey, it's 50, a 50 50 game. So 50, I picked the Ravens. 50. You know, you got to pick. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to go with the Browns. <laughs> I'll, I'll play the Homer. Um, I'll go with the Browns with the final score of uh, Justin Tucker's going to tie into this somehow. Um, 20, 27, 18, six field goals. That's all they're going to get. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to score <a> touchdown. <laughs> 27. Um, we'll say 27, 25. My wife just told me 25. So we'll go to 25. <laughs> I don't even know how you get 25. You need like a two point. I don't know. The, the Browns are going to win. Okay, so let's get – that's who I think is going to win. And that's, yes, me hoping with my heart, not necessarily my brain. Um, so let's go to the Steelers game now. Uh, Steelers, Bengals, Heinz Field, Week 17. What's your prediction? How does the game play out? And what's your final score? Um, I think that the Steelers are going to run away with this one because if they don't, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, they have to show that they are a team that should have been there if they don't make it, and they're a team that deserves to be there if they do. I would like nothing more to see a final score of let's go 31-13. Okay. Lance told me his prediction. He said Steelers 35, Bengals 17. Um he said it's a blowout, but he predicts the Ravens will win and they don't make the playoffs. For so me, I, I filled in well for Lance then. Yes, didn't you I? did. Yeah, very good. So yeah, hopefully we you follow your trend, hit Lance's trend of not picking winners. So let's go with. Um, I didn't pick him last week, so you're right. You're right. You're right. So let's go with. I, I think the Steelers win the game. Um, I think they put up over thirty. Um, I think they come close. What is their average? Are they at twenty eight um, points per game? 
So you ask me this now. You should have asked well, me yeah, this. Yeah, you should know more. this off the top of your head. And <sighs> do your little math problems on how many points they would need to get 30 points per game in this contest. Uh, you mean? So let's say they have, let's say they're averaging 28, which I think they are because they were entering like 20, they were like 27.9 before entering week 16. And they scored over, well, no, they didn't get close to, they didn't get 30. I don't know. I'm not a math guy. Okay, I think they, I've, I've, did you go with, <laughs> are you saying the Browns or the Steelers? I'm getting confused again. Did I say the Browns or the Steelers? I'm not sure. The, the Steelers. Steelers. What they need to score to get to 30? Yeah. Well, they scored, okay, well, they scored 28 this past week. I could, I'll, I'll see what I can do here. Okay. Whatever they need, that's what they're going to get. <laughs> I'll say Steelers. <laughs> I will say Steelers. Forty, Bengals. I don't know. Bengals twenty-three. I think they'll get some garbage time points. The Steelers win and cover. I think the spread's like thirteen now or something like that. Fourteen. I, I just had it here. Hold on. I've I've got it. Well, Yahoo has it as sixteen. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a tough spread. Yes. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I trust the Steelers with that, even though I just predicted they would. I just chose the score <laughs> high. I chose oh, yeah, the score. They're, they're going to win by this much, but they're not going to cover. But no, yeah, that, no. That's, that's tough. That's a tough spread to cover. I pick because I picked a high score because I want them to finish with 30, averaging 30 points per game. Because that was something that at the beginning of the season, Lance and I both said we didn't think was possible with a new coordinator. And without uh, a bona fide number two, that is until Juju burst onto the scene again. Um, so yeah, you don't have to have those numbers for me right now. Um, oh, I'll, I'll probably I'll <laughs> probably get those for you tonight before I go to sleep. Exactly. Like I, said, <laughs> I, won't, I won't be able to, to think of anything else. So <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, they're they're close actually. It's I mean, come on, when you put up fifty two, you know, in there. Yeah. And a forty-one in there, but then, then, then you, then you hit that stretch of you know the twenty, the seventeen, yeah. So they're they're close to that. They're they, they probably only need like maybe thirty-five points. Okay, I'll figure it well, out. Yeah, let's do it. So okay, there you have it. The scenario situation for this contest, obviously, Dave picks the Steelers win, Ravens win, Steelers miss out on the playoffs. Lance, same thing. Steelers win. Ravens win. They miss out. I say Steelers win. Browns win. Steelers get in, and they do some damage after they do so. Um, so it's going to be interesting. If you're watching this live on YouTube, go into our live chat or leave a comment under the video letting us know what you think is going to happen with this upcoming weekend. What's your scenario prediction? Give us scores. Give us your prediction. We'd love to see them. And then on top of that, make sure – that if you didn't know, let's say you're listening on audio form, you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, go to BTSC Steelers Radio on YouTube. Just search that BTSC Steelers Radio and subscribe. Like all our content was on there. Um, and then also, if you want us on audio, we're everywhere. Google Play, Stitch, Art19, uh, iTunes Store, um, Spotify, we're everywhere. Subscribe, follow the show, don't miss an episode. We appreciate that. And then I'll see also... Plenty of content coming at you. Week 17's here, whether you like it or not. I know a lot of fans are down and disgusted. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. So, Dave, it's the end of the show, my friend. Go ahead and uh, 
Say what you want to the Steeler Nation out there before we call it a, a, an evening. Oh, my. <laughs> That's it? All right. Just, good show. No, <laughs> just watch the Steeler game. You know, settle in at 425. Enjoy it for what it is. Um, think of it as your last time you're going to get to see him for, for the season. And rather than sit there and watch the scoreboard so much, um, and enjoy seeing these players together because there's a good chance it'll be their last time. Um, but hopefully we could turn around and be here next week and be talking about the game that's coming. But yeah, absolutely. I I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say that uh, they're done. But they they had their chances. They had their chances um, when they. I still can't believe all those weeks ago that I was actually rooting for the Ravens to beat the Bengals. Yeah. Because at the time the Bengals had a better record. Absolutely. And now you look at it and you're like, man, oh man, why, why did I want that? Why did I want that? But I mean, it, it's not more as it shouldn't be about what this, what the Ravens are doing or what the Browns are doing. It's what the Steelers didn't do. Um, my dad was uh, on the phone with me this evening and he's like, I don't think anyone knows what what's going on with the Steelers this year. I, I mean, even even the the beat writers that are in the locker room, they just kind of seem like they don't quite get what's going on. And I'm like, I I think I have an idea. My idea is that somewhere along the way, they just kind of lost that confidence that everything was going to go for them like it did last year. Um. And honestly, unfortunately, I think it, it started with their kicker when they when they couldn't have confidence in their kicker that he was always going to, you know, put him on the field. He's going to boom it through and we're going to be fine. When when they started to say even someone like that, that was so solid last year and this year, you just can't count on him. What can we really count on? And it just I don't know. It's like there's so many doubts in the minds of probably more fans than players. And that's just kind of the sums up the season for the Steelers of we know what they can do. The only question is, will they? Uh, you're right. And it's one of the situations where fans look, I mean, like I said earlier in the show, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. The Steelers still have to win their game. You know, it's not one of those games where the Steelers outcome means nothing and they just have to hope that the Browns win. They still have to win their game. And like I, like Dave said earlier, what a crappy scenario would it be if the Browns beat the Ravens and the Steelers somehow find a way to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals and they miss out on the playoffs because of that. So Steelers still have to win. And I do want to make a point to say this and it's on purpose. It's intentional is that even if the Steelers lose or even if they win and they don't get into the playoffs, our content here is going to continue. Okay. It might not be the standards. The standard is a year long show that won't change. But the Steelers preview will be changing, um, and our post-game show will be changing. We're still going to have four shows at least for you a week. I'm going to coerce Dave into being a part of this, um, and a couple other people will maybe do some roundtable stuff, some question and answer stuff, getting fans involved. So just understand, if you're someone that listens to all of our podcasts, I don't want you sitting there thinking, man, if the Steelers lose, it's going to suck. I don't get to listen to all the behind the steel curtain stuff. We're not going anywhere. So, and neither will our coverage on behind the steel curtain.com. So that's a year long thing. There is no off season. 
seriously, there's no off season. <laughs> so, um, with that said, Dave, I thank you for your time. He came in in a pinch. We appreciate that. Um, and Hey, make sure you join us tomorrow night. I should be back with Brian unless he's flaking out on me, in which case it might be Dave again <laughs> and, uh, for the Steelers preview. And then we'll get ready for week 17. So in the meantime, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.